You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hispanic Wealth Matters. I am your host, Jose Tejada. In this episode, I bring to you a wonderful, wonderful young entrepreneur, CEO, Latina, Nicole Static. She and I met uh, in passing at, in fact, a Mission Matters Network um, mixer. And we got to talking. I got to find out that she is starting a uh, startup called Comrade. And what this does is a marketplace in where therapists and patients can connect based on personality matches. I thought that was completely innovative. I thought that was completely uh, refreshing. I am a big fan of mental health and I'm a big fan of therapy. I think that it should be free for everyone in the country. But if it can't be free, at least it shouldn't be as difficult as it is today to get a match with the right therapist. So Comrade is trying to solve this problem. And this young team is trying to do that, um, which I think is incredible. Listen to this episode. Uh, If you're interested in becoming an investor, she gives you instructions how to do that. Let's get right into it. All right, friends, we're back into another episode of Hispanic Wealth Matters. And today, serendipitously, I met this wonderful young woman at an event. And I think that the universe kind of brings people to me so I can bring them to you. And it was a very interesting conversation. And today we're with Nicole Static, who is the CEO of Comrade. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, Jose. Thank you for having me. So the reason we crossed paths is because you and I were at an event And um, you told me that you're in the mental health space. And I told you about the frustration that I had with my parents trying to find therapists. Now, Mm -hmm. the issue was, and and this is before I even knew what she did, by the way. So um, I have uh, parents and they're in their mid 60s. Uh, They're immigrants from El Salvador. And we were trying to find therapy for them. They were wanting to try it. And it was incredibly difficult to find a profile of a therapist that would help them, that would match them. And then when I did find one, at first she accepted to to work with them and then said, well, I can't because I have conflicts with um, Kaiser. It was at that moment, Uh, something I didn't really understand, but turns out that that's, there's an issue there. So um, I I met Nicole, we started talking, and I said, you know, it'd be great to have you on the show and have some conversation around this. So as we always start, um, what's the origin story? Where where, where does it all begin, Nicole? Yeah, good question. So I grew up with a dad who told me, what's the first rule of life? And I would say, I don't know, what is it? And he would say, life's not fair. And it took me about 13 years of my life, maybe 14, for me to really understand that lesson that he repeated so many times when I was younger. And it was because I grew up thinking that my life was perfect for the first 13, 14 years until one day my image of our family life came shattering to the ground when my older brother, who was my best friend in the whole wide world, it kind of comes out in the family that He was struggling with mental illness, with the drug and alcohol addiction, and I viewed him as not just my best friend and older brother, but my hero and somebody who everything about myself that I was excited about and loved, I had viewed as something that came from him. So it really shattered my world and led to about eight years of time after that of watching 
my best friend in his kind of slow demise over time. And as that younger sibling, not having control over the support or help that somebody was getting, I wasn't the parent. So I couldn't make the calls. And I just had to helplessly watch as my parents tried to get him help, as he tried to help himself. And there was just barrier after barrier in the mental health and addiction world and kind of healthcare world in general to getting access to real help quickly and easily. And that gave me the eyes from a young age to see there was something deeply, deeply wrong with the mental health field because those who desperately needed it most were, we were making it as hard for them as possible to get that help. And so I went to business school. I played volleyball because I was like, Hey, I'm going to be an overachiever because there's all this craziness going on with my family at home. I'm going to try and be perfect, keep it all together, do exactly what my parents want, you know, play division one, get the business degree. You felt that pressure because of that? You felt that this is something that I got to go out and do now to kind of even it out? I did. I did. That wasn't necessarily something my parents put on me. That's something that as a natural coping mechanism, I said, okay, I need to be the one who has it all together because it's so not together from everyone else. And so as a result, that's what I did. I became this overachiever perfectionist. So I'm a recovering perfectionist now, but that all led me down this path of entrepreneurship and business and a deep, deep passion for the mental health space. But it took a while for me to understand that that was what I was really supposed to do. And it was losing my brother four years ago through his mental illness that confirmed for me that if you have this skill set in the business world and you're this go-getter achiever, then you better freaking do something to serve the world with what's happened to you and your family. And that's kind of my story of what brought me here. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. That is that is very um, tough, uh, especially because it sounds like they were in a battle for a long time with it. So that's 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 hard that you went through that. And so um, how does that lead into uh, Comrade? You, you share with me when we met a little bit about it, and it was a very interesting thing. I've been on your website. I kind of perused through it. But tell us how the birth of Comrade comes about and what is it going to do? Absolutely. So like I said, I understood the problem from my own experience with my brother. But when I went away to college, I had friends who were so ashamed and embarrassed of the idea of therapy. I I got myself in therapy with everything that happened with my brother. And I had an incredible experience. And I wanted to tell everybody I was doing it. I'm like, this is something that everybody should do. And it changed my life for the better. And I wanted it for others. But those who tried it, most of them had a negative experience or they could not bring themselves to do it. And those who did try, it was a serially dating therapist experience. And so I got this thought in my mind of this feels so much like blind dating today. Like we're all Mm -hmm. crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. And we're spending a ton of time, energy and money in that process. It really is like dating. There has to be a better way to systemize this. And when I dug into the space, I saw there's a ton of health companies, telehealth companies specifically out there that are trying to address the problem, especially as a result of COVID. But all of them very much get this one thing wrong. They view telehealth as this end-all be-all solution to a much more complex, human, messy problem. 
it's not so simple. It's not this easy doctor-patient relationship that's very transactional, where all you need is somebody who has the right credentials. It's so much deeper than that. You need to actually like the person to be able to listen to them. You need to have some, you don't need to, but it helps to have some sort of shared experience so that you don't need to explain every single thing. So that's why when we were chatting, having that kind of speaking Spanish and something there that you had these filters that you cared about, that you were trying to check the boxes, but there was no easy way for you to get that. There is no easy way. I've spent, I don't, don't lie to you, about two months looking for a match. And you're right. I experienced how difficult it was to just find, and I wasn't looking for that many. I don't, I don't think it was that complicated. Spanish speaking, working with, you know, I guess young seniors or about to be seniors, and immigrants. To me, mm-hmm. in LA, who would figure there'd be some, you know, connections, but it was very hard to find a match. Yes. So that is what we're trying to do is make it so much easier for you to filter through the lenses that you want to automatically so that you don't have to look through all this other stuff that's so clearly not meant for you. Uh, and we do that on the provider side too. There's a lot of people that the provider is not supposed to see, but they have a lot of empathy and they want to help. So they'll try, but they get really burnt out really quickly because they're seeing these people that they're really not meant to serve. So if we can just get a lot more honest about who you as a client want to see and the provider saying, who the heck am I actually meant to serve? Who lights me up? Who's my ideal client? What type of caseload is the best for me? When we get honest about that and we create a system around it, the mental health care system gets a lot more effective. Yeah, I agree. And then, um, and I was saying to you that um, I've had, a, I'm a big proponent of, of therapy. I think it's huge. It's come to me at, at times in my life where I really needed it and made a big difference in my life. But when I, you know, same to you, like when I speak to people about it, a lot of times they have a negative experience. And a lot of times they have that because they're getting, they're going through like these plans where, to your point, the therapist has no control of who the patient is. And they have like way too many patients, you know, to start. So I think that in, in something like this, like it's very difficult for someone to find that connection and care and even probably do the right planning of the treatment when you're overwhelmed by the caseload, as well as you had no idea of who was going to come your way. And, and if you had the tools to, to help them, you know, it's kind of like in the mortgage business, I tell people, I go, this is not, you're not buying a box of tithe. Like you're not just, you know, buying it cheaper at Rouse versus at another place just because it's the same product, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is different. This is an actual customizable experience because you're dealing with, with the person directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that. I, I saw um, your app. Uh, so then how does, so again, so how does Comrade actually start to form? You, you get partners. I know you're a CEO, but how does it come together? Definitely. So we're a marketplace. And right now we're building the application. I like that. That's so cool. for anybody out there who's listening and trying to look for it, you'll be able to actually use it in September. And it's a marketplace where on the client side, you'll be able to set up a profile as easily as sending a voice note. So instead of having to fill out a form that's either open-ended or all these kind of um, keywords that they're going to make you choose from a drop down. You don't have to do any of that. You just get to pick up your phone and say, 
like in a voice note, this is my story. This is what I'm going through, the symptoms I'm having, who I want to see. This is the type of person I don't. And our technology builds a whole profile around you that then you can customize and say, okay, this doesn't tell exactly what I wanted to. Let me tweak that. But it really takes the burden off of you to try and articulate who you are in this really short, very two-dimensional way and takes takes into account like you're a real human being who has a story and we try and capture that in as easy a way for you as possible that builds your profile around that and both the client and the provider do that so then we can easily show the client hey here's a handful of people we think that of providers we think would be a great match for you now you can go through all of those profiles and like on a dating app like hinge you can read through this very interesting and dynamic profile on someone and get a better sense of do i want to work with them but the cool thing is is if you already knew i needed a spanish speaker i needed like xyz insurance i need somebody who's taking clients right now you can filter for all those things at the very beginning. So you're never going to see people who were automatically not good matches for you. Yeah. And I'm totally getting that visual, right? Of like all these people that keep getting eliminated, eliminated, eliminated. And you come down to like these 10 or 15 or whatever that are possibly good matches. And that, I mean, that's so efficient for one, but much more effective, I'm sure as well. Yes. Well, I, I love that. I went into your page and I like the idea. Here's what stood out to me about your page. Um, there is a section that says you can see what this person's um, actual room where they do the, the therapy on um, looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, having gone through therapy and having spoken, that's kind of part of the anxiety, right? Like you don't, because they're usually like in office buildings, long mm-hmm. hallways, and you don't know what you're walking into. Yes. Um, so just that tweak alone to me, I think brings a lot of comfort to the user because at least you get an idea what is this? What is Nicole's personality like? What's hanging on her walls? What does her couch look like? And I thought that was really intuitive to the experience from the user. And what did you guys, is that where the like, idea came from? How did you guys come up with that thought? I love that you bring that up. It was from my own personal experience. I've definitely walked into therapists' offices or just general doctors' offices. And the environment that you walk into says so much about it. And right. it, it affects you and you automatically are going to say, okay, I feel calm in this environment or what the heck did I just walk into? This isn't what it seemed like it was going to be when I was online. And so from having that experience myself, I chatted with other people about it and they were like, if you could really show me that, that would be incredible because this person's already going through something really hard. They're nervous or stressed or anxious. And we want to remove as many questions as possible. Help somebody envision themselves in the space and envision talking to this person. And if we can answer as many of those questions before you ever have to pay a bill, spend a time in a session, that's extremely valuable to people. Yeah, no, I thought that was huge. And then there's a a video component to it, right? Like the the therapist, I think, can, can record a video of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's there too, because a a picture speaks a thousand words, but a video just takes it so much further. And sometimes someone's voice is the game changer. I can say from my own personal experience, the first time I met with my current therapist who I've had for pretty much that whole eight, eight years since starting with her, her voice was the determining factor for me. It was realizing how gently she could speak to me 
And that was the thing that said, okay, I'm going to really give this a try. And so if you can give people the opportunity, that window into somebody's life and into their, their soul and their practice and humanize the experience on a level that it hasn't been yet, that's adding extreme value. So that's what we're really trying to do. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a thousand percent true. I mean, I would even say that even like the diction in the way people speak makes a difference, you know, because I think, um, and I hate this word, but I know it's a favorite of younger generations, but the word triggering, right? But I think that in certain ways, even without unexpectedly knowing, the way someone speaks can maybe remind people of a negative thing or the opposite, remind them of a, of a soothing experience in their life. And mm-hmm. to your point earlier, I think that that's, that's huge when it comes to the comfort level that it's going to take to get to do the work that you need to do, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that, you know, again, speaking from my experience, if I had to go somewhere and I was like, oh, I mean, like, I'm going to get annoyed by just the way this person is going to talk. I have nothing to do with them, right? Like, it's just a personality, personality thing. It's not going to, you're not going to be in that mindset of like, I look forward to this session and the questions that are going to get brought up so that I can do the work that I need to, to get to the next level. So I mm-hmm. thought that was really, again, um, smart and intuitive. So who, who forms the team? You're the CEO. Is there other people that are part of the team? Yeah. So I have a COO on the team. His name is Martin. He's an incredible friend who has another successful business. And we we were friends and he heard what I was doing. And he, really for him, everybody who's on the team, it's been people who have been heck yes, I have had that experience. I've had that struggle. And that's really what brought him onto the team was his own personal, like, dang it, this is so hard. I want this built so I can use it. And then we have two machine learning engineers on the team who are are incredible guys as well, who are building that voice AI technology piece that we need, uh, which they're, they're spectacular guys too, where it was really them hearing something that they wanted. And that's what brought them in to what yeah. we're doing. And by the way, guys, um, not that this show is exclusively for Latinos, but Nicole is uh, a Latina as well. So um, that was uh, surprising to me because she towers over me physically, but uh, <laughs> does the volleyball player part in there. But, um, but when, you know, when I found that out, I was just so, so incredibly, um, you know, happy to know that and, and supportive of it. Cool. So uh, are you guys still in an investor round? I know you're launching in September. What's going on with the company itself? Yeah, so we're fundraising very aggressively right now. People say that that's a full-time job and I never thought it would be, but it totally is. We're fundraising for our pre-seed round right now. We have some incredible partners who have come on board already, but you know, it takes a little while to raise and we're trying to be really thoughtful about the people we bring in because as a mission-based founder, I care a lot about the the external team that we include here. You know, money is one thing, but the people, there's so much value in them as themselves. So we're taking it slow to get the right people involved here. I love that. That sounds amazing. Um, okay. How do people get a hold of you? How do they, people get a hold of Comrade and how can they follow the story? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody can view Comrade at comradeapp.com and you can follow me at Nicole Static on Instagram, LinkedIn, on TikTok, all the things. We're about to start dropping a bunch of content. So I would say now's a good now time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Yeah. Get in. Yeah, you can follow along with the whole journey because for me, I'm all about building in public and showing up in the middle. I think that's key in the mental health space is showing people what it's like 
to be in the process, not just be done with it. So it's going to be a fun time to to follow along with the journey right now. I cannot wait. I hope we can hear from you in a, you know, whatever time from now, you can tell us how successful it was. We'd love to have you back on for another show and get a, a, a beat on how things are going with the, with the business and with you and with the experiences that people are having. That would be awesome. So we'll calendar, calendar that for after September when it launches and hope you can join us again. Sounds wonderful. Thank you for your time. So fun having you, Nicole. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.